Welcome to Somos Padres, a space dedicated to all things parenting. We are your hosts, Paolo and Yesenia. Thanks for joining us as we reflect on our parenting experience, share parenting information, and lift up the voices of other parents. Episode number two, everyone. We're coming to you straight from... We're, uh, we are in Anzihuacuaro, Michoacán, in Mexico. Yeah, we're in Pablo's um, home, yeah. childhood home. Yeah, we're in uh, my childhood hometown. Yeah. But um, before we get all deep into into where what we've been up to this last week or so, we want to thank everybody who listened to our first episode and who sent us you know, um, feedback and well wishes and, you know, telling us that you're listening and that you love what we're doing. Thank you guys so, so much. It means everything to us as we venture out into this new podcast. So thank you guys very much for that. Um, and, you know, I don't know what we were thinking when we decided to launch the podcast on the same day as Palito's birthday, and it just turned out to be a Saturday, so we also had Palito's birthday party that we were doing, and then we had this trip to Mexico um, yeah. already scheduled. And it, yeah, no, and even before uh, Palito's birthday, uh, yeah, birthday party, I actually had to do a lot for my uh, the end the end of the semester for me. Yeah, because you're a high school teacher and you had all these uh, senior events. Yeah, I had going like the senior dinner and then graduation and the final exams and putting in grades. Yeah, all of that the week before the launch and Polito's birthday. And Polito's like, birthday. It was all happening at the same time. I don't know. It was it was crazy making. I don't know. It was, how we got to it. <laughs> it was crazy. Yeah. And I think we just thought it was gonna be, or you thought. Um, for the podcast, I thought it was going to be easy. I thought yeah. it was going to be just like upload the the podcast and publish it. And click, click, click. And click, click. And it didn't turn out like that. No, it didn't turn out that way at all. I mean, literally, um, you woke up or we woke up on Saturday and I just started doing things for the party thinking, oh, eventually Paolo will be done and he'll help me. I had it in the website, but <laughs> I couldn't, uh, iTunes wasn't reading the podcast. Yeah, so, I mean, you ended up not helping me at all mm -hmm. <laughs> with nope. the party. Nope. And then... I think I only took the piñata with it. Yeah, you helped me bring the piñata última. And it was like, okay, we, we can't figure out this iTunes thing. Um, so it was time for the party to start and that's when we did that little Instagram story to let everybody know that we had launched the podcast on our website. Mm -hmm. I mean, the website, it was running just fine. Yeah. yeah, but we couldn't figure out iTunes and we're like, yeah. well, it launched, it's on there June 10th. And then, um, so that was a Saturday and then, um, we were scheduled, we believed we were scheduled to fly out Thursday night, Friday Midnight. Uh, Friday, 12.30 in the yeah, morning. Yeah, that's what we thought. So, you know, we were going along our week, and all of a sudden on Wednesday, you know, Thursday was supposed to be my last day of work, and so Wednesday, I'm at work at about 11 o'clock in the morning, and you call me. Yeah, I called you because my uh, brother asked me for, uh, to check the the uh, the flights Yeah. from uh, LAX to Guadalajara. 
Yeah, because we still hadn't figured out how we were going to get. Yeah, we were here like thinking about how we're going to get from Guadalajara to Antiguapuro. Yeah. And my brother called me and asked me for the details, uh, the, the info, flight. the uh-huh. flight info. And that's when I noticed that it was going to be at 12.30, but Thursday, not Friday. I know. So you called me and I literally, I wanted to cry. Like I was freaking out because I had so much to do at work because I thought I still had two days. And I, you know, I'm going to be, well, I'm going to be off of work for three weeks. So it was a lot that I had to kind of plan for. So I literally like, you know, walked over to my boss and I'm like, oh my God, I have to leave. And I literally like wanted to cry. I like quickly made a list of everything I had to do and, you know, just tried to get out of there as quickly as I could so I could get home to pack. Yeah, and no, I actually, I was like uh, coming, uh, I was going to the house because I was, I was on my way to pick up some medication because I had a dentist appointment. I know, you were still dealing with a root canal <laughs> that you had had that morning. The morning, imagine On that. Wednesday. On Wednesday, so I got home and I packed my things, my at least my suitcase. Yeah. I got it ready for the kids. I didn't yes, know what to do. Yes, of course. Yeah. Of course, mom has to take care of all that stuff. I, I have no idea. <laughs> I don't know how to do No, it. and then I came home. Um, I want to say I got home close, I don't know, 4.30. And then we still needed you to go to Costco to get another luggage. I mean, it was crazy. It was crazy, but and I know, and I was thinking the Costco, but at the end I was like, oh no, Costco is gonna be too hectic over there. Yeah. So I uh, I went to over there to those uh, like uh, downtown Glendale, to yeah. one of those stores. Yeah, I mean, it was just ridiculous, but I mean, no minute was wasted. I felt like it was go go go. Mm-hmm. Until the Uber picked us up at like eight thirty. No, and the Uber actually picked uh, picked us up at eight thirty, and uh-huh. we were almost getting out. And Paulito, oh we my could, god, we couldn't find his glasses. He couldn't find his glasses. I was like, Paulito, where? And the are Uber glasses? already there, waiting for three minutes, five minutes, ten minutes. And I was like, oh my god, we, have, we like, can't what? leave without his glasses, yeah. eyeglasses. Oh, it I'm was like, the worst. And I was trying. To I told stay the Uber, calm. I'm sorry, but we need to find those glasses. Yeah, and you know, it's one of those moments where inside you want to strangle this kid. You just want to like... Because we oh told him, God. we told Palito, make sure you have your things Please, ready. Make sure. Put everything yeah. you got. I mean, and we were just scrambling. It felt like at the end, you know, like, you know, make sure you take whatever you're going to need. Yeah, for, the, uh, for the airplane, at least. Make, yeah, yeah, for the airplane. Pack your own mm-hmm. backpacks and all these things. And then at the end, wear your glasses. I don't know. Oh! Little kid, I, was I know, wrong. but you know what? I was like, I have to stay calm. I have to stay calm because if I get angry, it's just gonna make it worse. And finally, we they were we uh, yeah. Finally, we found them under the sofa. They were under the sofa. Oh <laughs> my gosh! I was like, where was he? What could he have been doing? It was horrible, but we made it. And amidst, in the middle of all of that, you figured out how to load our um, podcast onto yeah. iTunes. Yeah. And so we were that. finally able to load it. And now I know how to do it. <laughs> yes. So everybody, please, um, you know, if you have an iPhone, um, feel free to listen to us, uh, subscribe to our iTunes account, leave us a review, um, all that good oh, stuff. Give us feedback. Yeah. Yes. Even if it's negative, but we appreciate that. Absolutely. We're still trying to figure this all out. Yeah. So, um, so that's been our craziness. But in the middle of all that, we've had, we've been here for... Six days. Six days already. Yeah, we've been here for six days and we've had, um, you know, a lot of time. We're, who, I don't know how we didn't think that we were coming to a place without internet. 
the internet connection is really poor. It is. It takes me at least 10 to 15 minutes to load a picture. Yeah, because I, I give up. sometimes Seriously, my cell phone uh, uh, tells me that we're on the H network. Right. <laughs> wow. Network. Like that's taking us way back. Way back to the first to like, iPhone first The first generation. <laughs> the first generation was in the H network. Yeah, oh but, yeah but most of the time we have the 3G. Yes, we have 3G. It, that's even the then, yeah, get. even to send email, text messages, phone calls, it's just fine. But if you're working with big data, like photos that are like a lot of megapixels, it's, it takes a long time. Yeah. But, you know, the other day, like two days ago, I was, um, I was able to listen to a podcast um, and it was really cool. It's um, the Deconstructionist podcast. And there it is, um, this pair of guys who um, they deconstruct um, religion, Christianity, you know, faith. Um, they're really trying to get to um, the basics, I guess, and you know, and, and challenging, I guess, um, what we think we know about religion. And as I was listening to them, um, they had a rabbi who was talking to them, and he said, "You know, you guys aren't trying to give people a particular worldview. You're taking them on your journey as you deconstruct." And I thought, "Wow, I think that's what Paulo and I think about this podcast. What we want to do is." We don't want to give people a particular way of thinking about parenting. Yeah, but like for me, it's like I don't feel like a, a wise person to give advice. Right, like yeah. to tell people, oh, you need to believe this or you need to believe that. Because at the end of the day, we're still figuring it out. We're figuring it out. And besides, we we believe that every single child is different. Yeah. So Everybody's what do works for us is not going to work for everybody. Yeah. So I was like, I think that's what we're doing. We're not trying to give people a particular um, way of thinking about parenting, but definitely take you all on our journey to um, to kind of get back to basics about parenting and to challenge maybe the way we think about it um, in order to, I don't know, figure out for ourselves what we truly believe about parenting and yeah. why we believe that way so, yeah. how does it affect our parenting so I, that, that's a great point so we're de deconstructing parenting yeah it's almost like we are so with that in mind with the idea that we're deconstructing what we think about certain elements or certain parts of parenting um, we're going to start this episode with control and punishment so we're going to kind of talk about what we believe or what we came into parenting believing about control and punishment, where it came from. And then we'll talk about something that recently happened and then um, that happened here while we were in Mexico. And then we'll talk about uh, Alfie Cohn's book, um, Unconditional Parenting. We'll talk about how he describes or kind of breaks down control and parenting and go from there. Right, kind of try to slow down our parenting, really reflect on it, go deeper, and then see what we can learn based on what we're reading or what we're extracting from this book. Yeah. Is that that sound plan? It sounds like a plan. I hope it's not too complicated. We'll see. We'll see how it goes. You guys will let us know if if this works well for the podcast and for you guys. Okay. So Pablo, what did you bring or what did you come into parenting knowing or thinking about control as a parent well like especially being here like right now yeah in my parents home in my uh, childhood hometown mm -hmm. for me i was actually raised that it was either like you do this or you get spanked you can never say no 
Right, like your parents were in control. Parents are in control. Especially my dad. Control. He, whenever he asks you to do something, you will have to do it. There was no ifs, buts, nothing. Mm -hmm. You do it and you do it now at the moment. Right. If not, I I would actually get spanked or whipped by the belt. Right. Always the, like the, the physical approach, physical punishment. Yeah. I mean, I think for me, it's the same, right? Like, and there know, was no question. Yeah, there yeah. was like, no, 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 no. Even if you had a, a, an issue mm-hmm. following something or doing something, or you, no, it wasn't. No, no, no. Yeah, just do it. Quédate. And <laughs> no, you, it ends our butts. Yeah, and you started crying. And yeah, they, they will actually, my dad will actually spank you so that you can actually cry for something. Right. Yeah. yeah you kind of shared that in that first episode. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, I mean, I think for me growing up, it was the same thing. It was my parents were always in control and they told you what to do. And I like have this vivid memory of like my mom telling me like, I don't care what you think, like do what I say. Like, it doesn't matter. Like, you know, and, and I understand it, right? We understand it. Mm-hmm. That's, you know, um, what was handed down to them and like how they thought that this is how you raise your kids. This is how you do it. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, those were the tools that they had. It was like control and punishment. No, and it was controlling every single thing. It was from the clothes I would wear. I had no choice. I had to wear whatever my mom gave me. Mm-hmm. My mom would actually like uh, tailor some of uh, most of my pants. Mm-hmm. That's why I don't like the thing. Like thin fabric pants, I yeah. hate them so much. Cause you wore them a lot. Because I wore them a lot. <laughs> yeah, I always wanted jeans. My my mom would always say, "There's no money for jeans, so no jeans." Mm-hmm. From the shoes to the food, yeah. if you didn't like something, oh, that that's the only thing there is. Mm-hmm. And you have to eat it. Right. You cannot say, "No, I'm not gonna eat it." No, you have to eat. It. Mm-hmm. And you don't get a, a get a, you don't get up from the table until you're done. Right. All right. So from the food to, uh, uh, yeah, to even going out and playing, yeah. Mm-hmm. Whereas we had the most freedom in, the, in that one. We would say, oh, I was just going with the friends. They would go, just don't delay. Yeah. Don't come late. Because mm-hmm. if you actually came late without notice, yeah, they will, you will, you will get spanked. You will yeah. get in trouble. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. I mean, I think our parents um, really had this idea that you had to be in control though, because if, I mean, and it was almost like a sense of pride for my parents that their kids were sitting down and other kids were playing. Yeah, and yeah. you would go visit, it was like, oh, look at those people's kids. Yeah. Like, no, and for us, not, and for those us, kids it, are out of control. Yeah. And for, uh, for us, I, I think I would think like, uh, the mentality was like, that's the least you can do to help the family, mm-hmm. to help them out. Right, is to behave. Is to behave and to follow through on any commands or anything because that's 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 the only thing you can contribute to a family at this moment, especially when you're a child. And that's what made you a good kid. And that was made me a good kid. Just yeah, just through. to be quiet. To be quiet. And don't to do this, don't do that. Toe the line, like do what you're told. And behave when we have guests and all that. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Which isn't like all the way bad because I think it's so nice when you see kids that are well-mannered you know like I do appreciate that I have this sense of you know whenever I I go into someone's home you know saludas a todos I mean Mm -hmm. I love that you know having good manners there's you know that's priceless I I think you know being well-mannered um but you know then there's this sense of of I don't know like like, the, I know that for me, at least, I was well-behaved because I was so afraid. 
of getting punished. Oh yeah, that's for why us. I was... <laughs> for us, we we couldn't even ask my dad anything because we would. I especially for me and I, mm-hmm. I, I not really for most of my brothers, mm-hmm. we wouldn't even dare to ask my dad for permission to do something or the, because of his re- reaction. Yeah. We were even afraid of his reaction. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, your imagine dad's that. kind of loud to start. To my dad. My dad is loud. He screams and yells. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And you're kind of like that too. And I'm kind of like that too. <laughs> yeah. Well, I learned from the best. <laughs> I guess so. <laughs> so um, that's kind of, I guess, you know, in a nutshell, like what we think about or what we brought to the table as parents, you know, from our own upbringing. That's what we brought. Like you have to be in control. That's what makes a good kid, and not just from our parents, but I think in society. In, in society, general. even from this small town, yeah. that was the thing. Like, you have to uh, build this child. You have to uh, right. mold children, and the way to mold them is the physical uh, uh, physical approach. Is getting them. Is controlling them. Is controlling them. You have yeah. to control your kids because in if order they for them to... if they talk back to you, yeah, that's a sign of disrespect. Yeah. And any father, like in that time, I don't know nowadays because I don't know most of the people, mm-hmm. is a, is is just a lack of respect. Yeah, and there's like this sense even the other day when we were talking to your parents, I forget who they were talking about, but they were saying something about somebody who had become, I don't know, like who had um, problems with alcoholism, and they were like, oh, that kid, they lost control of him. Yeah. Like, they even use that word, you know? Yeah. Oh, yeah. They so love control of the child. So, it's control of Yeah. Right. Like, there, it's this thing about control, right? Mm-hmm. Like, you, those parents didn't control that kid. No. Yeah, no. We it, put that yeah. on parents. Like, oh, yeah. you didn't control them right, the right way, right? And for women, it was actually even worse. For women, the expectations were actually were worse. Yeah. 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 So, okay. So, you know, let's... Um, now that we kind of talked about what we brought to the table as parents, um, I'm going to have you kind of share, um, what happened recently with Vicky while we were here. It was in the morning. Yeah. Like two days ago. Like two days ago, you brought me my coffee Mm -hmm. and uh, we were in the patio. I was with my dad. We were just chit-chatting, talking. Talking about, about about things and all that, so I was like, oh yeah, I'm stirring my coffee because I enjoy my having my coffee in the patio in the mm-hmm. morning. It's so good. So I'm stirring my coffee, and all of a sudden I'm done stirring the coffee, and now and Vicky is right there. She's like uh, swinging around this pole, mm-hmm. and I'm like, Vicky, can you please take this uh, this spoon to the to the kitchen to the kitchen sink? And she goes, no. <laughs> And I was like, oh my god. Oh my god. I remember that moment thinking, oh my god, what is Paolo And you were, the, uh, you were there next yeah, to my dad. I was the, next to your dad. Yeah, on the other side. And I was like, oh my god, this little girl. Mm-hmm. First thing that comes to me is just like, oh, you take it or you have it. <laughs> so I'm kind of like um, glancing at my dad like sideways. I know, your dad's like, Mira esa muchacha. Mira esa muchacha. Look at that little girl. Yeah. And I was like, oh my God, I remember like the like time just like stop. Mm-hmm. I didn't even know what to do, what to say, how to react. Mm-hmm. Because the first thing for me is just like, oh my God. If she doesn't follow, follow if she doesn't follow through, mm-hmm. 
it's just like it's gonna be labeled but for me it's like gonna be oh this girl is a bad child yeah because obviously bad children are children that don't obey in society yeah. malcriada malcriada so I was like oh my god what do I do but in split seconds what do I do so I was like you know what Vicky I'm gonna leave the spoon right next to me uh, and you make the choice you either take the spoon to the kitchen and everything is fine or if you don't take it everything is cool too but I'm gonna go and turn off the TV because you're watching TV mm -hmm. and she was just looking at me and I, uh, and I glanced up to my dad and my dad was just like also like she, he didn't say anything mm -hmm. but I was like oh my god my god my dad is gonna jump in the middle mm -hmm. A la fuerza, no. Uh, so, yeah, Vicky was just looking at me, and then you jump in. You didn't interfere. You, no. You asked Vicky to do something. Yeah, well, I mean, when I heard you say that, I just thought to myself, like, really? Like, what does the TV have to do with this food? Because right? for me, for me, that uh, what I was thinking at that moment is like, what is the most, for me, I'm working on what is the natural consequence. Right. What is the most natural consequence at this moment right now? Right. Yeah. Because, come on, even if she doesn't take the spoon, Vicky is not a bad child. Right. She's really loving mm -hmm. and caring. Yeah. Yeah. But I was like, ah, oh, I have but you to. Gotta, but you have to control it. You have to, but, get her yeah, to do the thing. Because my conditioning is, 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 come, kicking, is, in. is kicking in, it's rising within me. Yeah. And then I have my dad, another yeah. pressure, like, oh my God. So what is Pablo going to do? Yeah. And, uh, and I was obviously like, yeah, I was like, kind of like, in a way, anxious about being labeled like, oh yeah, Pablo, your children disrespect you. Yeah. Because they don't, they don't obey, they don't obey, yeah. obey. Well, I mean, she, I didn't say anything because that's kind of our code. Like, it's kind of like you were handling it and I wasn't going to, you know, publicly, you know, discredit anything you say. Like, no, that's that, kind of like yeah. our thing. We yeah, don't that's, that, that's our thing our and I actually appreciated that. And I actually appreciated that my dad even, even then didn't say anything. Yeah, so yeah. then, I mean, she ended up... Um, staying in the patio and I just said oh mom come here and she came over to me and I was like oh honey do you want a color and she's like yeah so I was like okay why don't you take that spoon and then um we'll color so mm -hmm. she took the spoon and she did she took the spoon she and I was like oh my god what are we doing I know I think your dad even noticed that <laughs> yeah, I my dad even noticed that yeah. um, so you saved some face right there mm -hmm. So that's kind of what happened. That's how we handled it. And mm -hmm. now we're going to talk about what Alfie Cohn says about control and punishment. And then we're going to see if we have some, you know, maybe deeper reflection about or a breakdown. But I have to say that. it's so hard. It's so hard not to be like fierce and show who the boss is. Yeah. Because that's within me. I was conditioned like that. Yeah. You want to tell her. You want I want to tell her all you. <laughs> so you take it by the good ones or the bad ones, but you're going to take it. You're going to take it because I yeah, said so. Because I say so. I'm in control. Yeah. So um, I'm going to start with a quote that he gives. And again, um, this is Unconditional Parenting uh, by Alfie Cohn. And I actually love this book. It's the very first book that I read um, off of our parenting class website, Echo Parenting. We, in the beginning, we didn't um, take the course so because you didn't want to do the parenting classes yet. And I thought, well, I'm not going to go by myself yet. 
either. So I started reading all the books that they recommended for the people that were um, uh, training to be instructors um, of that parenting methodology or parenting um, curriculum. So this was the very first book that I read and I love it and I feel like it really changed the way, began to change the way I thought about parenting. And it's so cool that I brought it, and you actually started reading it the other day, or yeah. rereading it. I reread the introduction. Yeah, you were rereading a few chapters. So, anyways, he says on chapter 51, he says, Almost everyone gives in to the impulse to over-control, at least on occasion. Some do as a result of their conviction that children must learn to do what they're told. Some people have controlling personalities and develop the habit of imposing their will on their children at the very beginning. Others just become desperate now and then, particularly in response to a child's act of defiance. And many parents are truly concerned about their children's well-being, but have never considered the possibility that what they've been doing constitutes excessive and counterproductive control. He says it's easy for us to observe bad parenting on parade, to watch people who are much more controlling than we are, and to take comfort in saying, well, at least I never do that. But the real challenge is to reflect on the things we have been known to do and ask whether they're really in our children's best interest. Mm -hmm. Yeah, like really is. Well, first of all, I love this because he's normalizing control. He's saying mm -hmm. we all maybe sometimes overdo it trying to control everything. Like all of us do. And there's different reasons for it. You know, some of us because we don't know any other way i think uh, we haven't for me thought about it in any other way <laughs> for me with uh when the children uh, children follow through with what i say you just feel like satisfied it makes you feel good it makes me feel good but i don't know i'm good about what because, <laughs> yeah and uh, yeah because if you actually think about it yeah what are we in control of right well and that's what he kind of comes to talk about in this next quote on page 53 Right, and again, you know, um, kind of choosing things out of this book that made us really stop and think to consider a different way of thinking about control, right? He says, one reason that a heavy-handed do-what-I-say approach tends not to work very well is that in the final analysis, what really can't, we really can't control our kids, at least not in the ways that matter. It's very difficult to make a child eat this food rather than that one, or pee here rather than there, and it's simply impossible to force a child to go to sleep, or stop crying, or listen, or respect us. These are the issues that are most trying to parents precisely because it's here that we run up against the inherent limits of what one human being can compel another human being to do. Particularly with infants, and then again with adolescents, the goal of control ultimately proves to be an illusion. So what I love about this quote and why I really wanted to talk about it is because I think that when you think about things in life in general, there is no real control. Like, what do you really control in life? You don't really control that uh, a whole heck of a lot no. in life. No. And yet, here we are trying to control these little humans. I think the only thing we can control is the, our actions at the moment. Yeah, and sometimes we're not even in control of those, no, right? Sometimes we are an would, autopilot. No, it's, and when we're, when we're in rage, it's almost impossible. Yeah, absolutely. We need to control what's going to come out of our mouth. Yeah, so I think it's it's just when you stop to really think about control, like, it's just crazy to try and control our kids and what they do and how they respond. 
um, at all times. You're you're gonna make yourself crazy trying to control kids. So do you think that like the que the next question is like, why do why do we try to control our kids? What's the benefit in it? Well, I think we can we try to control them because we want to look good. I mean, when when you were exactly. in front of your dad, you yeah. were like, oh my God, what's my dad gonna think and if I don't control my kids? Yeah, and exactly. And that look good is what society wants. Yeah. To be a well-behaved kid. Look at that behavior. He complies with everything he's told. Yeah. And or I everything think, she's told. And it's so hard to control kids that that's why... If your end game is to control kids, it's no wonder that you end up having to go to punishment. Mm -hmm. It's like they go hand in hand because you can't really control kids. So what are you going to do? You're going to have to punish them. You're going to have to do mm -hmm. something along those lines um, in order to be able to achieve that. And punishment... I completely believe it doesn't work. Come on. Right. Especially here in Mexico. And punishment would have worked. Oh my God. We Mexicans will be the most behaved people in the world. Yeah. Well, not just us. I mean, I, I, don't, I don't think we're the only ones that punish kids. But, um, you know, Alfie Cohen, he also, has, um, he also has a chapter on punishment. He says, to punish kids very simply is to make something unpleasant happen to them or prevent them from experiencing something pleasant, usually with the goal of changing their future behavior. The punisher makes them suffer, in other words, to teach them a lesson. To teach them a lesson. And I believe it mostly comes from the, oh yeah, you need to condition kids. Yeah, you need to teach them a lesson. You need lesson. to teach them a lesson, because mm -hmm. if you do it, they're not gonna repeat it again. Yeah, but then yeah. if punishment is so effective, how come we have to keep doing it? Over exactly, and, over? and that's the question. Is that's the question that we need? All of us parents need to ask. Yeah. So, if it works, why do I have to do it over and over and over? Yeah. And I'm, right now, it's I'm thinking really about my brother Alejandro. He got whipped <laughs> a lot. Mm -hmm. Yeah, he was the one that was. Yeah, my dad actually. Spanked yeah, the most. He spanked the most. Well, yeah. Yeah, and. and It'll be really good to interview him. <laughs> yeah, we'll get there. We'll get to him. Um, but I, I do want to read this because I think it goes to what um, happened today. Or not today, a couple days ago with Vicky. But what, you're, what we're talking about, this incident with Vicky. He says on page 65, Announcing how we plan to punish children may salve our conscience because we gave them fair warning. But all we've really done is threaten them. We've told them in advance exactly how we'll make them suffer if they fail to obey. This communicates a message of distrust. I don't think you'll do the right thing without the fear of punishment. Leads kids to think of themselves as complying for extrinsic reasons and emphasizes their powerlessness. All the destructive effects pred predicted by logic, experience, and research are likely to follow regardless of these minor modifications and regardless of whether we call punishment by a different name. And I think he's alluding to consequences. I think, mm -hmm. like you said, I gave Vicky a consequence. Mm -hmm. You know, um... And that's exactly what you did. And I like to use the word consequence, but for me it's more like, I give you a choice. I give you a choice, I <laughs> but know. But it's a fancy term to say like, yeah, you don't do this, this is what happens. Yeah, like what you really did was threaten her. It's a threat. Yeah. Yeah, it's a fancy threat. It is, but you like to be like, oh well. And you even told your dad, dad, I, I gave her a choice. Yeah. And now she has to make a good choice. Yeah, it's up to her. It's, it's not to, to me anymore, it's up to her. Yeah. But I already provided in advance what's going to happen. Exactly. <laughs> Um, so he, he, you know, Alfie Cohn, he talks about why punishment fails. He says, and I'm just going to give you guys the bullet points, right? He says it makes people mad. It models the use of power. 
Eventually, it loses its effectiveness. It erodes our relationship with kids. It distracts kids from the important issues. And it makes kids more self-centered. And I think this last one is the, the one that really I had never thought about. Right? So he says the word consequences is tossed around a lot. Kids need to learn that there are consequences for their actions. And he says, the more we rely on punitive consequences, including timeouts or rewards, including praise, the less likely children are to consider how their actions affect other people. And he's basically saying, he's saying that when we tell a kid, this is your consequence for what you're doing, all they're thinking about is themselves. How am I going to be affected by this choice? Mm -hmm. But in reality, it's not just about them. The actions, so, they, there's conse consequences beyond them. It's about the other people yeah. that are hurt. So what I, what, I, what I actually did is not providing another point of view where she, start, where she can actually develop empathy. Compassion. Or compassion. Yeah. Because what I was asking is like, help me, Vicky. Mm -hmm. And if you don't, you're not helping me. And if you don't, you're not helping me. Mm -hmm. But I didn't put it like that. <laughs> no, all you did was say, if you don't help, if you don't take this spoon, you are going to have a consequence. Yeah. Like, I'm going to punch you. I'm going to make you suffer in some so, way. Yeah. It's about you. No, I, I'm seeing, we're having this conversation, I, I'm seeing mm -hmm. like the, the overall picture. Yeah. I mean, and he says, these responses, calculating risks, figuring out how not to get caught, lying to protect oneself makes sense from the child's perspective he says they're perfectly rational what they're not is moral and that's because punishment all punishment by its very nature impedes moral thinking so what she's learning is like this is what you need to do it's all about me yeah. how do i protect myself how do i protect from and, suffering and, 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 and in the future when uh, she when she grows older mm -hmm. if i don't change the way i approach the, those situations she's going to start lying yeah, or you know she'll do it, but because she'll she'll take the spoon. Yeah, but just to just to save my reaction. Yeah, just not to have the suffering. Yeah, but the not suffering. because she genuinely wants to exactly. help you. Exactly, and 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 that in itself, if that happens, we're actually losing the overall goal that we have for our children. You're, we're missing the opportunity to teach her a life lesson. A life lesson. And the, and the people that we want them to actually become when they grow up. People yeah. that are like compassionate and they have the empathy and, and self-respect. Yeah, and all that. And, yeah, it, I, yeah. You missed the opportunity. Yeah, it's lost because, and it just makes so much sense when you really slow it down and stop to think about what does punishment teach kids. Mm -hmm. You know. And the more we do it, the more they're gonna learn it from themselves, and then we actually apply it to other kids eventually. <laughs> yeah. Um, he says some parents rationalize the use of punishment by insisting that they really truly love their kids. No doubt, this is true. But it creates a deeply confusing situation for children. It's hard for them to sort out why someone who clearly cares for them also makes them suffer, suffer from time to time. Creates the warped idea which children may carry with them throughout their lives that causing people pain in par is part of what it means to love them. Yeah. And I remember my dad, whenever he spanked me, mm -hmm. he will say, I'm doing this because I love you. Mm -hmm. 
And exactly. I will say, like, yeah, if you love me, why do you spank me? Why do we whip me uh, with the belt? Mm-hmm. And he will say, that because this is the way it's supposed to be done. I believe it's the fear. The fear that, for me, not turning back. Yeah. And turning back was, like, this is the... Mm-hmm. <laughs> You know, it's and it's so funny because I know um, I've also watched uh, how parents um, sometimes will spank their kids, and then afterwards they'll talk to them about it why they were spanked, and I kind of think mm-hmm. that's what your dad would do. Yeah, right? I mean, yeah, my dad would actually do that. Yeah, he would spank most you guys, of the time. Yeah, and then he would come and talk to you. Look, this is why I spanked mm-hmm. you. Blah blah blah. So um, he, you know, in the book, it also talks about that. He says, another rationalization is that punishment isn't destructive as long as it is imposed for a good reason. And as long as that reason is explained to the child. The truth is that explanation doesn't minimize the bad effects of punishment so much as punishment minimizes the good effects of explanation. And I think that's like another drop the mic moment right there for Alfie Cohn, because I don't think that we realize that, like, you know, just because, or explaining to a kid who's just been punished, you know, versus explaining to a kid who you, all you're doing, there's no punishment, all you're doing is explaining, like, which one do you think is going to absorb more of the explanation? The kid who is also suffering and getting over that Suffering no, when you're when you're suffering, you don't have the mindset for that. And right? And worse as a child, even less. Yeah. Because all you think about it is like, what what can I do in the future to, so that I can save myself from this? Yeah, it's like there's like this. Um, yeah, you're taking in what they're saying, but you're also thinking about self preservation yeah. and how do I not get punished this time? Or mm-hmm. you know, oh man, you know, my you know my butt still hurts or whatever, you know. You're thinking about that and absorbing that explanation is probably just half, you know, what you could have absorbed mm-hmm. really or yeah. the amount of time that you spent mm-hmm. thinking about that versus someone who all they did was get the explanation. They're just focused on the explanation. The explanation. Oh, this is why I'm not supposed to and do that. And you're helping them connect the dots. Yeah. And, and, that's, the and their whole mind is focused, it's on, focused on that that explanation. So you have them like, totally question, question and, and make them connect the dots. So, you know, I I have one more quote that we'll close with, but I mean, I think some people might say, man, Mm -hmm. like, wow, we're really um, taking a lot of time dissecting maybe um, multiple aspects of this one moment. No, but this one moment, it it happens all the time, not just with a spoon. Yeah. It can be with a book, with a cup, with uh, bringing something or taking something or taking out the trash or vacuuming Mm -hmm. or sweeping. There's so many things that when this situation arises. Yeah. And we're still so, um, even though we've been reading these books and taking this information and I think we're still such works in progress. We are a work in progress. At least for me, I'm a big time work in progress. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I, and I hope everyone listening that you get that sense too. Like, um, we try not to, you know, be too hard on ourselves because there are, you know, it, it's just really hard to be a parent. And these moments mm. are happening all day long, all the time. Yeah. And it's not that I'm like, like contemplating this all day. Oh, no. I just like, what can I do differently next time? Really yeah. fast. And that's what 
we're trying to do here is take this one moment yeah, it, and just trying to think how can we do this better. Yeah, and if, I can, if nothing comes to mind, that's why I have you. Hey, <laughs> <laughs> to like, can you, you please do that? What can I do next? And what can I do next time? Yeah, it's a little bit different. Yeah, I'm gonna close with this one uh, quote of Alfie Cohn's that um, I particularly liked, and it's about control. Um, and you know, obviously, he's well aware that um, people might think, "Wow, we." aren't supposed to control our kids and we're not supposed to punish them well then what the heck are we supposed to do right and i know today we didn't really focus on you know other ways that we could have handled it um and certainly we'll do that in in other episodes today was kind of more of uh, more of dissecting um the aspects of control and punishment that we kind of went into t um, through this one moment um but definitely alfie Cohn is well aware that people are gonna be like, wow, we're not supposed to control our kids, then what? So he says this, he says, as parents, we need to be involved in and aware of the details of our children's lives. Nothing in this book should be interpreted as an argument for sitting back and letting children raise themselves. We might say it's our job to be in control in the sense of creating a healthy and safe environment, offering guidance and setting limits, but it's not our job to be controlling in the sense of demanding absolute obedience or relying on pressure or continuous regulation. In fact, although it may sound paradoxical, we need to be in control of helping them to gain control over their own lives. Yeah. I think that's beautiful. It's just beautiful because he says, like, obviously, if it is like a safety situation, obviously, you need to the child to respond at the yeah. moment. But other than that, no, we need to focus on the whole child. We need to focus on the bigger picture. On the bigger picture. Yeah. Like, our kids need to grow up to be, you know, adults that have a handle on their emotions, that know how to handle relationships. How to process all those How to things. process their feelings, yeah. how to handle anger, how to handle, you know, hurt, just, you know, deception. Mm -hmm. I mean, all these different things about that are going to happen. Mm -hmm. Life, you know, is going to throw lots of different experiences at mm -hmm. them. And the better that we can help them to really empower them to gain a sense of how to handle that, it's, you know, better for them. Mm -hmm. I think that's our job. And that's how we see our job um, as parents for our little human beings. Mm -hmm. Yep. So... Thank you guys so much for joining us. We leave you with that little nugget. We hope that, I don't know, we've broken down control and punishment a little bit for you guys, giving you some things to think about and consider for yourselves. Let us know what you guys think. You can definitely follow us on Instagram at, at somos.padres. You can follow me at, at I am, I'm sorry, at I am dot Yesenia. And they can follow you on Instagram as well, right? At Paolo Manchaca. Paolo doesn't use it so much yet, but yeah. I'm sure you'll get more I'll savvy. I'll get to it. Yeah, you'll get more savvy about yeah. Instagram. You guys can also follow us over at our website, www.somos-padres.com. Thanks again, guys, and we'll see you guys here in two weeks. Yeah, please subscribe and give us feedback. We really appreciate it. Ciao. Ciao. Hasta la próxima. Adios.